the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank God for Newsbusters. That would be the website, newsbusters.org, a place you should visit every day to find out what the media, especially the major networks, uh, MSNBC, CNN, New York Times, uh, Washington Post, uh, to find out what they're not telling you. Now, I've had people from the site on the show several times. They're excellent. And the site did a really good job of summing up the year and the decade in media bias over the last couple of days. And I'm going to give you some of their greatest hits today. Uh, this is their um, this is this is courtesy of Newsbusters, and it's great that they're uh, they're around because they really help with um, keeping the media in line. Or I, I don't know what we do without them actually, because uh, with that without Newsbusters uh, and organizations like that and and Fox News, I don't know what we do because we'd be listening to people like this, and that would be all we'd be getting. This is uh, one of my favorites. This is uh, Van Jones, former Obama cabinet member. And uh, this is Van on election night 2016. I forget which network he's on. Uh, It's hard to be a parent tonight for a lot of us. Uh, You tell your kids, don't be a bully. You tell your kids, don't be a bigot. You tell your kids, do your homework and be prepared. And then you have this outcome and you have people putting children to bed tonight. And they're afraid of breakfast. They're afraid of how do I explain this to my children? This was a white lash. This was a white lash against a changing country. It was a white lash against a black president. You know, I remember actually going to bed um, election night, being afraid of breakfast. As a matter of fact, I had nightmares that I was being chased around by Cheerios and um, and Rice Krispies were chasing me. Uh, that was Van Jones. I can't wait to see Van on election night 2020. Uh, when Trump wins again. I mean, if this is where he was the first time, where are these people going to be the second time? Now, then there's Keith Olbermann. He's a, I'm sure you know who he is, a former uh, and now back again, current ESPN sports guy. Um, He was doing a blog, uh, some kind of a a YouTube thing. I don't know what it was, but this was coming from his garage. uh, And this is Keith Olbermann from, uh, I think, early in the Trump administration. These are not words of sanity. These are the rages and the boasts and the madness that we have seen throughout history. Saddam Hussein, Mussolini, Fidel Castro, Mao Zedong, Stalin, Pol Pot, Bin Laden, Hitler. Yeah, thanks for those words of sanity, Keith. <laughs> he, he, he leads into it by saying these are not words of sanity, and then he spews that. That's sanity. Thanks, Keith. Give me those uh, NBA scores tonight, will you? And this is really disturbing. It's Ron Reagan. Uh, that would be Ronald Reagan's son. He's uh, the former ballet dancer who's now a pundit on MSNBC. You know, we get all outraged for a few days over the latest incivility, if you want, coming from Donald Trump, whatever tweet or remark he made about a Gold Star family. And that, that it's fine. We should note these things and catalog them. But you three have already touched on the central problem here, and that is that Donald Trump is a deeply damaged human being. He is a sociopathic, malignant narcissist, and he happens to be, the, you know, the electoral system, not the American people, but the electoral cause has sort of vomited this thing up and it landed in the Oval Office and it needs to be removed. It's a stain, it's a, it's a big glob on the carpet there. It needs to be removed and that means impeachment of the 25th Amendment. This man is a danger to the world. Now that's Ron Reagan. Uh, I, his dad was my favorite president, the best president of my lifetime. Um, and Ron uh, Jr., I don't think he's a junior, but the the guy who just heard, Ron Reagan, uh, I know he started out as a ballet dancer. I don't think he made it uh, big doing that. Um, But 
I don't know what he would be doing if his name were Ron Smith. Uh, he's Ronald Reagan's son. He's never done anything on his own. Nothing that I know of, except fail as a ballet dancer. And who knows, he might have been a really good ballet dancer and just got a lot of bad breaks and nobody would give him a shot because they didn't like his dad. But, um, you know, Ron Reagan. And the best thing about hearing Ron Reagan on the radio is that you don't have to look at him. So that was Ron Reagan, and he's really a nauseating human being. But <clears throat> let's take a break from the, the TDS, the Trump derangement syndrome, and listen to the difference in the tone here from uh, <laughs> Charlie Rose. This is before he was, you know, run out of uh, CBS for harassing, I think it was uh, 30 women, 27 of them at CBS, and three somewhere else. He was known to... Uh, he was kind of a strange guy. I mean, people would come over to his house for what they thought women would thought were, um, you know, a, a, a production meeting of some kind, something to do with their job, and Chuck would come out naked, okay? So he did that a lot. And then he groped them, grabbed their uh, various parts of their bodies when they really weren't interested in having him do that. So that's what happened to Charlie Rhodes. You haven't heard from him since then, and you'll never hear from him again, by the way. But we are here at this uh, radio station, happy to bring you Charlie Rose from before all that was uh, found out about him. And he had Hillary Clinton as his guest. And again, it's a shame that this is radio and you can't see Hillary's face because the camera was on Hillary's face, not Charlie, when he was saying all this. And she was just having trouble containing herself. But here's Charlie Rose. You people have spent the last 20 years in the public eye as much as she has. She has been First Lady, a United States Senator, and then Secretary of State. Henry Kissinger has said, when I call Mrs. Clinton Hillary, I do that not so much to indicate familiarity, but to use a name that the whole world uses. It shows to what extent she has succeeded in her people-to-people -people work. Maya Angelou, the late Maya Angelou, wrote a poem about her during the 2008 presidential campaign. It contains these lines. There is a world of difference between being a woman and being an old female. If you're born a girl, grow up and live long enough, you can become an old female. But to become a woman is a serious matter. A woman takes responsibility for the time she takes up and the space she occupies. Hillary Clinton is a woman. Some say she may be the first woman in the White House. I am pleased to have Hillary Clinton back at this table. Welcome. Thank it's you, Charlie. It's a pleasure to have you here. It is great to be yeah. back with you. Thank I, you. I, I, um, 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 full, full disclosure, I consider Hillary Clinton a friend and, and proud to have her here and look forward to a conversation with all and the best questions that I know how to ask. Yeah, no kidding, Charlie. You were a friend of hers. You could never know by that introduction. And I don't have the whole interview here, but I bet it was a hard-hitting interview. You really, you know, hit, hit her with some tough questions. Um, Charlie, uh, again, he's the guy who uh, was a lot like uh, Hillary's husband, um, chased women around and did things to them that they really weren't interested in having done to them. And uh, Charlie is gone, which is good. But um, we're going to go back to the... Trump derangement syndrome people here. Now, this woman really... Oh, by the way, Maya Angelou, I know this is uh, politically incorrect to see this. say this, she is one of the most overrated people in the 20th century. I just wanted to say that. Her, her poetry... Uh, just come on with the poetry. Anyway, uh, back to the Trump derangement syndrome. And this, this woman claims to be a Republican. Her name is Anna Navarro, and I think she's on CNN when she said this. He's a coward. He didn't have the spine to behave like the leader of the United States, and I feel that to be shameful. And I'm glad Republicans are calling him out on it. I'm glad elected leaders in the Republican Party are finally... Finally, stopping to and stopping looking the other way and confronting the fact that he's not only unfit to be president. In my book, his lack of empathy, his lack of leadership, his lack of courage, he's unfit to be human. I think it's the spiritual leaders. I think it's the governors. I think it's the other elected leaders. I think it's U.S. citizens. I think it's regular people that need to step up. And we need to be the ones that unify and heal ourselves because the president of the United States is a shameful nincompoop incapable of doing it on his own. A shameful nincompoop. I like that, nincompoop. Uh, thanks, though, Anna, for not, again, like everybody else, not getting too hysterical uh, by saying he's not fit to be human. And, and by the way, again, 
as you listen to these, I, I know I don't know if you're doing this, but I am. I'm listening to this, and I'm just looking for if this is the way they felt whenever they said this. This was not that recently. Uh, you know, it was ongoing for the. It's been ongoing for the whole three years that he's been in. But um, what are they going to? What are these people going to be saying during the campaign? Say in July and August about this guy Trump, and what are they going to say on election night, twenty twenty? In uh, next November, what are they going to be saying? I mean, where do you go after saying he's not fit to be human? And uh, then there's Terry Moran. He's a reporter. I, I think he's supposed to be a reporter for ABC, not a, uh, a, a an opinion guy. Um, and here he is talking about uh, Donald Trump and America first. Terry Moran, as we see former Vice President Cheney leave, students of history will take note of that slogan, America first. Yeah. It's a loaded term in American history. Now, he defined it here as total allegiance to the United States of America. And, and it is something, as Cecilia said, this is why he was sent here, by people who want to hear that message of America first. However, it carries with it overtones from the 1930s when an anti-Semitic movement saying, we don't want to get involved in Europe's war. It's the Jews' fault in Germany. Charles Lindbergh led them. It is a, it is a, a term, as he defined it his way, but the words themselves carry very ugly echoes in our history. Yeah, so um, I think that might have come from inauguration. That might have been the coverage of the inauguration. Um, and uh, Donald Trump, you know, has been a, obviously been one of his major themes has been America first. And that's why he went to NATO and said he had this crazy idea that the people who said that they would pay X amount uh, for their share of the uh, NATO as the defense, you know, Put uh, I think it's two percent of their GDP into defense so that they can defend themselves, and that's part of the deal with NATO. He said, you know, uh, I think instead of worrying about France and Belgium, maybe we ought to, uh, you know, have America first and take care of America first. But that's that's anti-Semitic to say that. And he also the same thing he did with the uh, NAFTA no longer exists or isn't going to exist. Um, because for the same reason, he, he he looked at these deals that were made by prior presidents going back way back, FDR and further than that maybe, and and he's a businessman and he looked at it and he said, who made these deals? I, I don't get this. And why why is America always second? Uh, so from now on, America is going to be first. But Terry Moran decided that that made him anti-Semitic by saying that. So we're going to do one more here and then we'll take a break. This is Joe Scarborough of MSNBC. Now, he used to be friendly with Donald Trump, I think, when he was just Donald, you know, the Donald. And he also used to be a Republican and claimed to be a conservative. What's going on right now at the border uh, is un-American. And I will tell you, a lot of Catholics uh, leaders have come out and said... It is unchristlike. Public defenders uh, uh, in the federal courts down there in McAllen, Texas, reporting uh, that that children are being told, uh, and their parents are being told that they're being taken off to the showers, and that they'll return, and they never return. You know, I I don't have to compare that to previous regimes in other horrific countries that that conclusion actually is too obvious um, this is Donald Trump's America and yes it sounds like something we would be condemning coming out of North Korea that's our America Mika and sadly that's our Republican Party and that is the problem today yeah, of course, Joe's married to Mika, and he used to be a conservative, or said he was, and now he's he's not quite uh, so conservative. There's a term for that that I'm not going to be using here uh, about what might have happened to Joe. <laughs> I won't use it, but um, that's what Joe's saying now. I think a lot of it has to do with Joe liking his job at MSNBC, where he probably makes a couple million dollars a year, and uh, which is a lot more than he made as a congressman, and he's just... He's singing that song because it's working for him on his show, and the the uh, liberals who watch it love him now because he's a he's a turncoat, and they think it's great. Anyway, we'll be right back.
Hi, this is Larry Elder, and over the last few months, my fellow Salem talk show host and I have been speaking across the country at the War for America's Soul Tour. Thousands of people have attended these sold-out events in cities all across the United States. We've talked candidly about the attacks against our Constitution, the push for radical socialism, open borders, and other issues affecting you and our country. Not everybody could get a ticket, so we filmed the event in Sacramento, California, and Tampa, Florida. These were incredible nights with a few surprises. You can now watch the events on demand or even buy the DVD. It's a front-row seat to watch me, Dennis Prager, Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, even Michelle Malkin, and me. We discuss the critical issues that are at stake ahead of our next presidential election, and we give you the truth. To watch it now, go to WatchSalemMedia.com. You'll be glad you did. That's WatchSalemMedia.com. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. And out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company, offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Mention Stag for an additional 10% off. Windows R Us, proud sponsor of the Jerk of the Week, heard every Friday on the John Steigerwald Show. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Whether looking for a restaurant for dinner reservations or shopping for a major purchase, online reviews are a big part of the research consumers consider before making a decision. Unfortunately, many mattress review sites are paid by mattress companies to recommend their products, which makes it hard to trust the reviews. At the Original Mattress Factory, we do things differently. We value transparency and honesty, and we don't pay for reviews or mislead our customers. Read reviews from our actual customers at OriginalMattress.com. At the Original Mattress Factory, we believe that selecting your new mattress is a decision that's too important to rush. You should only purchase a mattress when you're ready, and you're assured you got the best value. That's why we offer our lowest and best price to everyone, every day. You don't have to wait for a holiday weekend, haggle with a sales associate, or face the pressure of a today-only sale. You can take your time and make a choice that is right for you, knowing that you'll always get our best price. Visit OriginalMattress.com to learn more. Texting privacy policy and terms and conditions are posted at TextRules.us. Texting and roles for recurring automated marketing text messages, message and data rates may apply. Hi, I'm Tom from Kane 11 and I have one question for you. What size socks are you wearing right now? If you're like everyone else I've asked, you simply don't know. How could you? That's because until now, socks were made in one size fits all or just a couple of sizes to fit every size foot. But not at Kane 11. We make our socks in 11 individual sizes from 7 to 17. That's right, 7 to 17. Great looks and colors to fit everyone's lifestyle. From cotton to wool or anything in between, Kane 11's got the perfect sock for you. Better yarns, better quality, just a better sock. If you don't love them just like we do, send them back for a full refund. That's the Kane 11 promise. Once you wear a pair of Kane 11's, I guarantee you'll never go back to wearing socks in multi-size ranges again. Save 20% off your first order when you text SOCKS to 246810. That's text SOCKS. To two four six eight ten. Text socks to two four six eight ten. You're listening to the John Steigerwald Show on AM twelve fifty. The answer. Okay, I got a few more minutes here before the break. Um, and again, thanks to Newsbusters, they compiled all this video, this sound that we're using here. Uh, here's Michael Eric Dyson. He's a professor of sociology at Georgetown and an author. We got a guy who gets up every morning and excretes the feces of his moral depravity into a nation he has turned into a psychic commode. Oh my God. That's what he's done. And he is the bigot in chief and a racist in residence. Look, I argued with black people who told me there was no difference between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. Slow down with that mace, you're killing him. There's a huge difference, right? And people say, well, Hillary Clinton wasn't likable. She ain't trying to be your girlfriend. She got a man. She's trying to run the nation. She has more knowledge in her little finger than this man has in his entire body. And. And on top of that, and on top of that, 
She also possessed the kind of integrity. We were doubtful of her. Look at this mendacious, relentlessly lying, bigoted, ill-informed person that we have. He is the fleshly thesaurus of white supremacy reduced to one body. So yes, the Democratic Party has been problematic, but it ain't enough to drive me to people who not only ignore me, but who don't understand. The Republicans don't understand they have an inbuilt advantage. Black people are morally conservative, even if they're politically progressive. They go to church, they read Mm -hmm. the Ten Commandments. If Republicans weren't so racist, they could encourage black people who are morally conservative to be on their side. I'm always arguing against black people in church about homophobia, Mm -hmm. about the place of women, but I know that there are some deeply rooted conservative values that need to be taken advantage of if Republicans weren't so bigoted and weren't so racist. Uh, nothing like painting with a broad brush there, Michael. All Republicans are racist. Thanks for that. Now, here's uh, Barbara. Uh, it's changing the tone again here. Barbara Walters, on her last appearance on The View, which didn't come soon enough, but this is uh, her talking to, uh, getting ready to introduce Hillary Clinton. The fascinating list has always been, you know, a particular interest of mine. And then to be on it was... An incredible well, honor. You are most fascinating. And you're right, I feel like calling her Hillary. <laughs> we, I think you've been on our most fascinating list more than anyone. And, and you were the most fascinating. No matter what their political view, you are someone we admire. And for me, it's more than admiration, it's very deep affection. No matter what she does, she will always, to me, be the most fascinating. Oh, my friend. Thank you all. Thank you, Barbara. Thanks for that. And now, this is great. This is fairly recent. Uh, you remember Vanity Fair came out with a cover story on Beto O'Rourke, who was going to be our next president. Uh, and the, the line on the uh, on the cover said uh, he was born to be president. Here's Joe Hagan, the idiot who wrote that story. Before we let you go, the pull quote on the cover of Vanity Fair from Beto O'Rourke, quote, man, I'm just born to be in it. Yeah. What does he mean by that? <laughs> You know, uh, at that point, uh, it was not yet clear what what he was going to do. And I had sort of boxed him in, tell me what you're going to do, tell me what you're going to do. And finally, when he just sort of let himself tell me that he was going to run for president, I think that you could just see the charisma that he has on stage, that people, whenever you get a camera on this guy, what he has this charisma. That was that moment where he felt like he had some kind of destiny, you know? And he has that gleam in his eye. Somebody, uh, Evan Smith uh, in, at the Texas Tribune said, seeing him, is like it's like a Jesus Christ superstar seeing this guy in front of people. He's got that celebrity aura about him. And in that moment, he was owning that. You know, you could see, I want to do this. I feel I'm, I have this destiny. You know, you know, we'll see how long that lasts. Yeah, about 20 minutes, Joe. That was Joe. <laughs> it was Christ-like, uh, uh, Jesus Christ superstar-like moment. Um, you know, uh, Joe, maybe it was the hand gestures that he did. I think that's what impressed you. He was really good at that and nothing else. Gesturing, his using his hands to emphasize every syllable of every word that he said. And now he's never going to be seen again. And boy, is that good. Now, last thing here. There we go. Remember Bill Clinton? Uh, here's Piers Morgan, who's, by the way, a, a kind of a fan of Trump, which is interesting. But here he is interviewing somebody named Bill Clinton. People see you putting on this, this event. They heard you at the convention make a barnstorming speech, an incredible speech. I was there. You electrified the place. And they all say, why do we have this 22nd Amendment? Why couldn't Bill Clinton just run again and be president for the next 30 years? We're trying to change the rules in Britain, actually, because if you can't be president again here, we'd quite like you to be prime minister in our country. Are you available if it comes to I get this through? Yeah, so just imagine if uh, Bill Clinton were still president and had another, what, I don't know. Well, he was—he he would be—he'd have about another 10 years left if he did 30 more from the time Piers was talking to him. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk to Selena Zito. Uh, she's the one who predicted— Donald, one of the few who predicted Donald Trump was going to beat Hillary Clinton, and she's written a piece about what you might expect in 2020, and she's someone who should be listened to when she's making predictions based on what she did last time. We'll do that when we come back. Stick around. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Dozens of angry Iraqi Shiite militia supporters have broken into the U.S. embassy compound in Baghdad. 
after smashing a door and storming inside, prompting tear gas and sounds of gunfire. As the militiamen converged on this substantial compound, chanting anti-American slogans, throwing stones, soon there were columns of black smoke rising from the scene. There was a guard tower on an outer wall had been set ablaze. There's one report that a door was forced open and, and some of these thousands of protesters managed to get into the skin of the compound itself. We understand at this point U.S. Marines fired tear gas to try to disperse the crowd. BBC correspondent Alan Johnston. The embassy attack followed deadly U.S. airstrikes on Sunday that killed 25 fighters of the Iran-backed militia. On Wall Street, stocks have finished higher. The Dow up 76 today. The Nasdaq ahead 26. This is SRN News. Sebastian Gorka here. Maybe you've been hearing about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that helps a person's body deal with inflammation and pain. You've heard all the wonderful testimonials. Well, I have my own testimonial. For many years, my lower back pain was becoming a serious problem. The short story is... I finally gave it a try, and now I'm out of pain too. So if you're in pain, you can order the three-week quick start for just $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com. On January 10th, they convicted an innocent man. Michael B. Jordan. Your life is still meaningful, and I'm going to do everything possible to keep them from taking it. Academy Award winner Jamie Foxx. You don't know what it is down here when you're guilty from the moment you're born. And Academy Award winner Brie Larson. I don't want my son growing up knowing that his mom stopped doing what was right just because she was scared of you ain't quitting, is you? No, sir. Just Mercy, hated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now playing in select theaters. Everywhere January 10th. Directed by Destin Daniel Cretton. Mike Gallagher is all in. I am one of the few who's never wavered in my support of Donald Trump. It's real simple. When you know that the alternative to Donald Trump is unthinkable in terms of our nation's economy, our military, our sovereignty, our borders, this is an easy call. This hasn't been hard for me. The Mike Gallagher Show, weekdays at 9, right before Dennis Prager at noon on AM 1250. The answer. The Allegheny Institute's research, education, and advocacy work to defend taxpayers and businesses against the burdensome inefficiency and intrusiveness of ever-expanding government. We've been challenging supposedly conventional public policy thinking for nearly a quarter of a century. You can join the cause by making a tax-deductible donation today by visiting AlleghenyInstitute.org. We've been Greater Pittsburgh's trusted source for a sound public policy analysis since 1995. You might wonder why Australians always seem so relaxed. Well, it comes down to sleep, and we can sleep like a koala full of gum leaves. So we've invented a solution to your sleep problems. It's called Pronto Sleep. Pronto Sleep is a two-in-one solution that helps you fall asleep and stay asleep. Pronto gently opens your nose to focus breathing so you can relax and fall into the land of Nod. And the built-in scent diffuser delivers a blend of four pure essential oils all night long for a beaut sleep naturally. Then Pronto replenishes the oils ready for the next night. Clever, eh? And does it work? Well, in trials, 84% of people with trouble sleeping found Pronto helped them fall asleep. 74% found it helped them stay asleep. You'll find Pronto now at select Walgreens, Amazon or at prontosleep.com. Pronto Sleep is the gift of sleep from Australia. From RhinoMed, bringing you advanced nasal therapies. If you haven't switched to Pure Talk USA, you're probably paying too much for your cell service. Pure Talk covers 99% of the country, and plans start at just $20 per line with no contract and a one-month risk-free guarantee. You've got nothing to lose. You can even keep your phone and your number. Get 50% off your first month when you call now. Just go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code HALFOFF. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code HALFOFF. In traffic, we've got the answer. Headed downtown for first night celebration. Lots of street closures there. 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th streets. Also, Garrison Place, Exchange Way, Penn Avenue, Sandwich Street. A whole bunch of closures for that. And we also have an accident. This is on Fort Duquesne Bridge at 9th Street. Watch out for reduced visibility of the Pennsylvania Turnpike between Bedford and the Ohio line because of weather. Accident on Mifflin Road near Mooney Road. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer. Weather. Breezy this evening. Otherwise, most of cloudy skies tonight with a few flurries and a low 25. A morning flurry early tomorrow. Otherwise, mainly cloudy with a high 38. 
Tomorrow night, mostly clear skies with a low of 29. Some sunshine for Thursday, then turning cloudy with on and off afternoon rain and drizzle, and a high of 48. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. So it's New Year's Eve and we spend time uh, looking back, uh, you know, at the year and the decade in this case. But how about looking ahead? Uh, Selena Zito is pretty good at doing that. She told everybody that Donald Trump was going to beat Hillary Clinton in 2016. She co-wrote a best-selling book called The Great Revolt Inside the Populist Coalition Reshaping American Politics. She has a piece on PJ Media today with the headline, The Great Revolt uh, Enters a New Phase, How the Populist Uprising of 2016 Will Reverberate in 2020. Selena, thanks for coming on again. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Happy New Year. Same to you. So before we get to the reverberations to come, uh, I thought I should ask you this. What are the similarities between what happened here in 2016 and what happened in the U.K. with Boris Johnson a few weeks ago? Well, the similarities have to do with this large mistrust uh, that is is almost felt globally. Uh, I would argue in many cases that it is. You see a lot of these um, sort of shifts away from establishments in in um, in establishment parties, um, all parties. And uh, and and I think that's where the similarity uh, is. Uh, is grounded with the Brexit vote and what happened here in 2016, the first Brexit vote in 2016, and, and, and looking ahead to 2020. Uh, this lack of trust in large institutions, that doesn't mean just government, but that also goes you know, to politics and culture um, and, and, uh, and, and, and national media. And and all those in Hollywood, uh, entertainment, sports, all those things that have sort of lost their connection to people that don't live in the highly concentrated um, urban centers uh, in places like New York or Washington or Chicago or Los Angeles. And it, it's a lot of that, uh, I would think, comes from uh, the um, inability or refusal to... Um, uh, come through on promises to fulfill the promises made, either by either specifically or just the, the the promise that an institution might make, as in a general sense, and and that institution just doesn't live up to it. Absolutely. Um, let, let's just step back to two thousand six or um, or two thousand and eighteen when we have these wave elections where Democrats won. Um, uh, and beat Republicans. Now, it doesn't mean the Republicans are better than Democrats. I'm just using these as a for instance because they're fresh and new. In 2006, it, uh, the, the, the Democrats largely beat back Republican um, candidates and won the majority in the House by saying that they were going to do a different kind of politics, that they've been, they picked moderate candidates, and they weren't going to go uh, and do... and. and um, and and pass large government, um, uh, um, um, in, you know, create new large government institutions, and or and they were going to get um, us out of Iraq and Afghanistan. Well, <laughs> they didn't do that. Not only when the Democrats got power in 2006, the first thing they did was, uh, uh, you know, by 2000 and then 2008 when they won the presidency with Barack Obama, the first thing they did was, you know. Um, government bail bailouts and and then you had the health care law and and you had you know all, all these sort of large government um, or uh, uh, reforms um, created now let's fast forward to 2018 all these very moderate candidates again ran as Democrats in our own backyard, there was Connor Lamb who who ran um, um, first in the 18th and then in the 17th, and he ran on being a different kind of candidate, and he did not run on impeachment, and he ran on getting problems solved. And yet, when he went to Washington, like the rest of these moderate Democrats, they're sort of forced by their party 
to to do what the, the more progressive wing of the party is doing. So these larger these these wave elections are telling Washington, you keep we keep sending you a message with our vote, and you keep um, misreading it. And that's and that's sort of where we are right now. Yeah, um, and I guess um, Connor Lamb's a good example. Uh, you talk in your piece about how there are large numbers of Democrats out there who can't wait for the election to come in 2020. And you're out there, I should mention, that you're out there uh, driving around in your car on the back roads talking to people. You're not just making this stuff up. But you're talking to people who are telling you they can't wait to vote against the Democrats. And these are lifelong Democrats who are telling you this. Oh, it's lifelong Democrats, but it's lifelong Democrats. It's also independents. It's also people that don't vote very frequently. In the book, we call them Peroistas. We named them after Ross Perot. They're sort of like Haley's Comet. They show up every once in a while um, to vote. Um, and also um, uh, Republicans as well. And, and you know, one of the most interesting things, John, um, that we discovered when we were writing The Great Revolt, uh, we did a, a very extensive survey after we wrote the book uh, to go along with the book. It's in the back of the book. And 34% of Trump voters did not tell a family member or a friend in 2016 that they were going to vote for him. Now, wow. if you think about it, 2016 is sort of like, you know, uh, a Care Bear movie compared to what it's like right now, mm-hmm. right? Right. So I imagine that that number is larger. And there are many times when I interview people who say, hey, you can't use my name in print. I, 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 don't, I don't want not to be known as a Trump supporter because I'm ashamed or embarrassed or anything like that, but because of what social media does to people's lives once it's revealed that uh, you are a Trump supporter. So there are many people out there that just, you know, um, keep that, that information close to themselves. And so I don't think we always have an accurate understanding of what his coalition looks like. And that's why the book's so important. Yeah, and another thing is that from what you've learned and what you've said here, and you've been on here a couple of times, more than a couple of times, um, that it, it doesn't make a whole lot. I don't think you should put a whole lot of faith in polls right now. Uh, that's sure. another institution. Those are other institutions, I guess, that yeah. haven't done a really good job lately. Right. Okay. And p- part of the problem for polling is um, is that people don't, like everything else, don't trust them. Uh, so they'll either not give their true answer or um, they won't answer them at all. So you don't have a large uh, understand a true understanding of the sentiment of voters. And that's sort of the challenge right now for uh, pollsters. It's not all pollsters' fault. A lot of the times it, it has to do with how the polls are delivered, how the message is delivered. And, you know, sometimes pollsters weigh things too heavily to mm-hmm. favor one party or another, and then you have a, a not you know, good understanding of who's showing up. I will say, uh, in a pollster's defense, they didn't really know who was showing up in 2016 because there were a lot of people who wouldn't tell pollsters how they felt, and there were a lot of people, again, we go back to the paralistas in the book, who were first-time voters. I have people that I interviewed in the book that were in their 60s and 70s that had never... um, uh, voted before, or the last time they voted was for Ross Perot, and, th- and these people were hidden in plain sight. Yeah, you know what, uh, Selena, I can beat your sixty or seventy year olds. I have <laughs> a ninety uh, an aunt who's going to turn ninety nine on February first. Uh, <laughs> she was a liberal Democrat all her life. Uh, she, um, I, I, I guarantee you, she was voting for Democrats for president going all the way back to FDR. Maybe, uh, but by FDR, she would have voted for FDR and was a staunch Democrat, along with my mother, her sister. I went to see her on Christmas Eve, and she said to me, do you like Trump? And I said, out of nowhere, she said that. I said, yeah, I like Trump. She said, I love him. And she went on to talk about how he doesn't care what he says and 
And she said, I voted for him in 2016, and she's planning on being around uh, next November when she'll be approaching 100 to vote for him again. And when, when she told me that, she actually told me that uh, a couple of years ago, she told me that she voted for him. Um, but when she tells me that she voted for Trump, that that pretty much sums it up for me, that if, if she voted for Trump, anybody will vote for Trump. And so I'm sure yeah. you're running into a lot of people like her. Yeah, that's 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 absolutely true. Look, if you if you read the um, you read the book or you read the story, um, you know there's a lot of people that don't particularly care for Trump's comportment. Yeah, you know how he tweets or whatever, but they do kind of like that he's fearless in taking on both parties. Now you have to remember he 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 didn't just take oh, on he Democrats. destroyed it, Republicans. He took on the, yeah, he. I mean, he. You remember, he kept saying, "This is rigged," you know, yep. and and maybe I won't, maybe I won't stick to the uh, promise that I kept or the pledge that I kept, you know. And he kept calling the system rigged. He understands that people are frustrated with all institutions, Republicans and Democrats, um, and be, you know, and believe the ones that are in operate out of Washington D.C. are just, you know. Part of, you know, that's a company town. And, and John, to be honest, D.C. is a company town, whether you're a reporter or a strategist or an elected official. You're all going to the same cocktail parties. You're all standing on the same sidelines at, at, at football games or baseball games that your kids are playing in. And you all go out together. You know, they're, they're, it's a community. It's a swamp. And while that's not right or wrong, that is one encased in a bubble that is not connected to right. people like you and I. Well, that's There's what Donald Trump referred to as the swamp, didn't he? Yeah, absolutely. And that's sort of the problem with our institutions, not just politics, not just government, but also media. There aren't people in the decision-making process that maybe went to a community college or went to a state school or own a gun or know how to shoot a gun or sit in a pew every Sunday. Um, or don't have or aren't rooted and are connected to their communities, and that's the problem for for these larger institutions in our media because they're not connected to the people that they cover. Now I got to ask you because we're running out of time. We're talking to Selena Zito. She's formerly of the Pittsburgh Tribune Review. Now she's all over the place and also the author of the Great Revolt. Uh, and uh, and and a book that where she predicted that uh, Donald Trump would win. So your piece says uh, is about the reverberations to come from the Great Revolt. What do you mean by that, and what do you expect? Well, I, I think that not much has changed uh, from 2016, from November 9, 2016. I think I've said this on the show before. If you voted for him, you are still optimistic, and you still are. Um, 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 believe he's going to do a new job, a good job. If you didn't vote for him, your hair is on fire, and nothing is going to extinguish it until he's taken out in handcuffs. Um, I think what is what is missed is that that the people that are running currently against Trump are doing nothing to win back the voters in places like Washington County. Beaver County, Pennsylvania, Erie County, Pennsylvania, or Asheville, Ohio, or Kenosha, Wisconsin, or, or Macomb County, Sterling Heights, Michigan. Um, they're not they're not targeting those voters, and they cannot win without support from those areas. And when and they and they are are going to be surprised election day once again uh, because. At this moment, if if the election were held tomorrow, if it, you know things can change in nine months, but if it were held tomorrow, he would probably also win an additional one or two states like um, Minnesota, yeah, or Nevada. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they aren't. Bernie Sanders ain't winning them over. The people you're talking about. No, even the suburban voters who do not care for uh, Trump's comportment and who voted for people like Connor Lamb in 2018 are not going to vote for it. It's a binary choice. It's one of the one person or another. You either vote for one of the two or or you sit it out or you vote third party. But these suburban voters are not going to vote for someone who wants to uh, especially in Western Pennsylvania, for someone who wants to ban fracking on day one, because that doesn't just impact 
uh, blue-collar jobs. It impacts communities and geologists and chemists and engineers and, and people that work in computer science. And the same goes... Um, uh, they'll just not show up or they'll, they'll vote for Trump and hold their nose. And they're not going to vote for someone who, who is proudly socialist, who also wants to raise their taxes. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. Hey, Selena, I'm out of time. I really appreciate you being on. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thanks so much for having me. Every, guys, be safe out there. <laughs> right, we'll, we'll be right back. <laughs> Obamacare, Trump Care, ACA, COBRA. There are so many choices, but all seem to bring one word to mind. Expensive. There are lots of changes happening in health care today. Fortunately, I know someone that has been on the forefront of health insurance for years. Todd Marley at Marley Financial. Todd and his team of professionals are licensed with virtually every health care provider in the country. They help determine which plan is right for you and then expertly help you choose the best plan for your needs and then do so prudently. Don't need maternity coverage? Call Marley Financial. Have pre-existing conditions? Call Marley Financial. Want just catastrophic or just accident? You know the answer because they know how to design the plans. Most of their clients save 30 to 60%, which can add up to several thousand dollars a year. Call Todd at Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. That's 724-884-1496 on the web at MarleyFG.com. Todd Marley at Marley Financial, 724-884-1496 at MarleyFG.com. Once upon a time, many years ago, customers would find your business with this big, thick book full of phone numbers and competitors' phone numbers. It was a heavy, cumbersome, yellowish-looking thing. I believe they called it a phone book. You'd place your ad in the book and hope customers would call. Hello? We've come a long way. Now, there's Salem Surround. We help deliver customers right to your front door with targeted digital marketing. These are the tools of the 21st century smart businesses use to succeed. And our team at Salem Surround can guide you through all the available options with the expertise to manage all your digital marketing under one roof so you can spend time taking care of your customers. Get started with a free evaluation of your digital presence and some great ideas to increase your online visibility and revenue. With Salem Surround, there are no limitations on how and where you can reach customers total market penetration for increased roi learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com surroundpittsburgh.com connecting you with new customers i'm andy solomon rideshare platforms have evolved to provide riders with even better experiences sheriff john wetzel chairman of the national sheriff's association traffic safety committee and former president of the international association of chiefs of police explains Companies like Lyft are making rider safety a priority by continuously screening their drivers. Before getting into any car, riders should match the license plate, car model, and driver's name with what's shown in the app. During your ride, you can share your location and route with your family and friends. According to Wetzel, communities where Lyft is available have also seen lower rates of impaired driving and fatal crashes. For example, Miami-Dade Police announced that there was a 65% decline in impaired driving arrests in 2017 compared to the four prior years, thanks in part to ride-sharing. Nationally, 71% of Lyft riders say they are less likely to drive while impaired because of the availability of ride-sharing services. For more information, visit Lyft.com. Are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? Posting your job in one place isn't enough to find quality candidates. If you want to find the perfect hire, you need to post your job on all the top job sites. And now you can. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll in to ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. No juggling emails or calls to your office. Quickly screen candidates, rate them, and hire the right person fast. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by over 400,000 businesses. And right now, listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash America. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash America. One more time. To try it for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash America. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. We have a few more minutes left here in the uh, last show. I'm taking uh, tomorrow off, and I'll be back on Thursday. But um, 
when we come back, it will be 2020. And I just want to make sure that uh, I tell you that you should enjoy yourself tonight and tomorrow because tomorrow is, is the start of 2020. And there's a good chance that we will all be dead by uh, before the end of next year. The reason I can tell you that is uh, the story from The Guardian, The Observer in The Guardian. Uh, this is the story written in 2004. Climate change over the next 20 years could result in a global catastrophe costing millions of lives in wars and natural disasters. A secret report suppressed by U.S. defense chiefs and obtained by the Observer warns that major European cities will be sunk beneath the rising seas as Britain is plunged into a Siberian climate by, are you ready, 2020. Written in 2004. And that's not all. Nuclear conflict, mega droughts, famine, and widespread rioting will erupt across the world. Did you get that? (laughs) Major European cities will be sunk beneath the rising seas as Britain is plunged into a Siberian climate. That's Siberia. You know what Siberia is? It's like snow everywhere. And I think it was just like 10 years ago, or not even that, like five years ago, that somebody in Britain, some scientist in Britain, said that children living or born this year in Britain will never see snow. That's what they were saying like five years ago, because of the global warming, it's just never going to happen. So this is written in 2004. Disruption and conflict will be endemic features of life concludes the Pentagon analysis, once again, warfare would define human life. The, f- the findings will prove humiliating to the Bush administration, which has repeatedly denied that climate change even exists. So the, those evil people in the Bush administration had the nerve to suppress this report that warned us that what was coming here in 2020. And we we are there. We're in 2020, and Britain is going to be Siberia, and you are going to be living underneath the sea. Good luck in 2020. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Aaron for a great year of producing, and I'll see you on Thursday. The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group.